Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Canada at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on, baby? Nothing. We're just, uh, hey, why are you saying baby? Well, no, I say boo boo. I say sometimes I say boo boo. We hang out with Barnabas Piper yeah. and you pick up. One of the most annoying no, aspects that's of their podcast. No, no, no. Their podcast can be so annoying with Ted Cluck going, baby this, baby that, come on, baby. Yeah. No, no, no. no I, I know you're going to pick it I'm up. I'm not going to pick that I'm up. I'm not hanging out. We're not hanging out the with reason no I said more. baby. No the more The reason Piper. I said baby is because I was nope. going to say boo-boo. You are but on I Piper really, Fast. How Piper do, Fast. Okay, I'll fast from Piper. Here's the thing. I'll usually call you boo-boo. Yeah, right? I'm okay. okay with that. I'm okay. Okay. But I, I, I didn't want to say I, No, so it's a term I of just, endearment that you mixed have it up. For I, went, me. I call you Jojo, you call me Fofo, anyway, you're boo boo. It's okay. You're tense. You're tense because you got a lot of work to do while you're here. You got a big meeting coming up. I got up. a big meeting tomorrow. A business yep. meeting and you got business uh, day tonight. Yep. And so you're stressed out because like money's on the line, you know. Money's always on the line. And uh, and I'm not I'm just chilling. That's why you're all tense. You need to relax. All right. Let's chill. I'm ready. Let's chill. Okay, let's have a conversation. All what, right. what are we doing? Uh we're actually sitting down with Courtney Reisick. Uh, Reisig with a G. It's a G on the end. No, no, but it's supposed to sound with a K. No, it's a G. Courtney, Courtney, tell him I'm right. Am I? The Jesus CK sound. Okay. Yes. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. That sounds like <laughs> no. postmodern nonsense. Uh-huh. It's, it's a G. It's a G. Okay. Nope. Or a J. That's so, how it works. Right. I suppose it's like you're an American. Say it like an American, right? Yeah, like you're supposed to. <laughs> Just like you're supposed to. So, uh, Courtney, thanks for making the time. Yeah, you you're welcome. I mean, you're. We're at the, uh, what well, used to be called the Desiring God Pastors, a Bethlehem Conference for Pastors and Church Leaders. Yes. And uh, Courtney is speaking here. Uh, Courtney is a, as a, a wife. Uh, she is a mother. And she is an author and a thinker and uh, a speaker. Uh, she's, mm-hmm. um, she's doing a lot these days. She's very busy. Uh, how many kids do you have? I have four. Yeah, that's, that's, how, you, that's how you do it, Jimmy. Okay, I have four. three. I'm fine with three. three. Do you, I'm okay so do you three. have four? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like four put you over the edge? No, we, here's the here's the thing. Didn't no, it didn't put him over the edge. It uh, put Jen over didn't the edge. Put no, no, no. Jen over the edge. You, you we, got, yeah, we were going to contribute. Yeah. We were going to five. We were like, we're going to do five, and when we hit four, we we're like, that's it. Yes, that's the line. Yes. So it didn't go over, hmm. but we thought we were done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four was it. like, a, okay, we're done here. It's this was lot. this is a nice road. And it, at four, we had, thankfully. A uh, little bonger. Yeah, um, bonger was your last one. No <laughs> wonder you guys he, stopped. No, no, he's the sweetest. <laughs> he's so easy. Just chill, low maintenance. No maintenance, right? Yeah. But at the time, the two-year-old, Maddie, was, um, hmm. yeah. How was May May? Like, How Eminem would, would say it? it's when a tornado meets a volcano. You know? <laughs> uh, it's, she's, she's very active, and at two, she was crazy, and we were like, we're done. So It is, it is the, the personality, disposition, and then quantity of children and ages of them. Right. I think that and square footage. To it. And square, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. How much room you got in that house? <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Makes it easier for, you know, um, people in the first world having trouble like, complaining mm. about we don't have no square footage for I kids. know, I, I know. I feel a little bit guilty, but not really. So, uh, Courtney is going to leave here. I mean, uh, I asked if we could possibly interview you because you were the first person we wanted to talk yep. to. Sorry, Barnabas. Sorry, Don Whitney. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah let's <laughs> think about that. Yeah, yeah, it was you first. We're like, we that's gotta the one we want. And then we're like, eh, okay, we Barnabas, time. we'll take you, Barnabas. <laughs> and then we found out Whitney was around. We're like, eh, all right, look, come on, come okay, on. Okay, first of all, I was I, I was talking about D Dubs pretty nah, early. No, 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 no. But so I just want, if Don's listening, Don, you've only listened like two of our podcasts. But, he ain't um, listening. But if you are listening, uh, you were you were you were hiring to listen, Barnabas. I'm going to say that. Oh yeah, but I'm Courtney, like I Courtney should was apologize to everybody. <laughs> well, I just you know we don't have to apologize to you because you were the one. You were number one. But you're speaking like. Just in a little bit, so yes. we're gonna get in here. We're gonna talk yep. about this and then let yep. you go. And so, so we have a few of your, your. You wrote a few things. You said accidental feminist, mm-hmm. and so uh, like, what has been that response to that? Like, that's kind of the thing we want. We want to discuss the response. First. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's been good. It's been it's been well received by um people in the church who want to see how feminism has impacted our understanding of womanhood primarily. Mm-hmm. So I actually just talked with a woman at lunch about it and how um to to talk about feminism in in our churches with women, I think we have to first acknowledge that feminism emerged because there were some very real issues that were happening in society at the time. And so what happens often in the feminism debate in in our churches is we kind of have the feminism's all bad, you're a raging feminist, therefore we will not talk to you or listen to you. Yeah, yeah. Or we have the other end of the spectrum of a liberal spectrum where it's like feminism is everything and we don't even think about why we're feminists, but we're just feminists because everybody's a feminist. Mm -hmm. And so what I think is actually what needs to happen regarding the feminism conversation before we can make any headway with helping people see that, that, that they're adhering to something that's not necessarily biblical is to understand to, to acknowledge that these were real injustices that were happening in society yeah. that still happen, sure. unfortunately. And feminism emerged as a response to that. Mm-hmm. And as believers, to understand that God's word, we don't need feminism to tell us that men and women are equal, which is what feminism is essentially trying to do. God's word tells us they're equal. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't remove it doesn't remove the authority that God has in our life, whereas feminism is attempting to do that. That yeah. where it's not only rebelling against male authority, it's rebelling against the authority of God's word. And I think that we can actually give people a more robust understanding of what it means to be human and to be mm-hmm. a man or a woman without being a feminist. And also without without ignoring the very real injustices like women can't vote women can't own property women have no rights over what happens to their children yeah. mm-hmm. i mean that's terrible yeah and we can forget that that was a, a, a world that women lived in and so i think we need to acknowledge that 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 those results were good but then yeah that the, first wave of feminism was yeah. addressing real problems very real, real problems, problems. Real yeah. Yeah. yeah and this and today you know and you talk about this in the book which is really good guys you yeah, should you read the pick book. That up. We're out, you we'll have a link the in book. the show notes. Um, like it's it's really good. And it, if you if you if you're into politics, if you're into um, social issues and social controversies, then you already know that feminism is a really much needed issue to be um, uh, interacting with. And so you know, you're listening to Ben Shapiro talk about uh, feminism. Well, mm-hmm. how about listening to Cordy Rice talk about feminism and her journey through it mm-hmm. uh, and her biblical insights? It's really really good. One of the things that you do in here is that not only do you point out that that there were different waves of feminism mm-hmm. and they were addressing different issues and that there's always a mixture of like, well, there are, these are good issues or yeah. good consequences or yeah. results and then these are bad or unintended ones. But one of the things in there that you do is you actually give a definition, a current definition of what feminism is, mm-hmm. which is really important mm-hmm. because most people still go, oh, it's just equality of the sexes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we want to embrace. Yeah. But that is not what feminism mm-hmm. is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you define it very simply that uh, fen- feminism is equality equaling sameness. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you unpack that a little yeah. bit and explain why that's important for us as we're in, you know, kind of um, engaging in this uh, whole issue? Yeah. And so that's not new to me. I think I heard it from Mary Cassian, who maybe heard it from somebody else. So that's something that I just kind of adopted and then put in the book. But it's this whole notion that because we're equal, then anything you can do, I can do. But I actually think in society now, especially in even in recent weeks and recent months, especially with all of these um, allegations of sexual assault that Mm -hmm. are coming out and the way women are responding to those things that we're seeing not just equality equals sameness but equality equals conquering Mm. so i I don't know if you watch the golden globes and i was really struck by um the the way the women were banding together and then talking about this if we're equal 
then it means that equal representation. But I think they eventually, I think the goal, the end goal would be to ultimately take over, Mm. to actually be in control and in charge. Because that's the natural human response to being wronged is you, you push me down while I'm going to conquer you. I mean, I mean, you see it with children. I'm going to have that control. Yeah. I mean, children do it. You took my toy. I'm taking that toy back. Mm. And so I think that's where we're going to see that progression happen. And so I even think that, the the equality equals sameness definition is even dated it's four years later mm, yeah it's, it's a little, little especially now in our society because hannah rossen wrote a book called the end of men and it came out when i was researching the book or when i was in the editing phase of the book so i didn't mention it much in the book but her whole she follows these women and um all the way through college and high school um and and career and it highlights how the bar is set so very low for men um, and so very high for women. It, what feminism has done for women is given them opportunity, push them, um, and set the bar very high for women and very mm-hmm. low for men. And we see that all throughout society, that the bar for men is just set incredibly low. And what it's doing is it's it's making men not as, as it's making going to make them obsolete at some point. Now, someone would look at society and say, well, there's not equal representation by any stretch of the imagination in business or in politics and things like that but Mm. as a mother of sons i have only i have four boys and i think that they're growing up in a world where it doesn't they're i don't think they're going to be seen to be equal at some point i think they're going to be seen to be as getting in the way of what women Mm. want to do yeah yeah well it's there's there's this antagonism and aggression antagonism is a good word uh, yeah like wow i would I, again, I, I can be sympathetic to a person's perspective or yeah. frustration if they've been if they've been oppressed or if yeah. they've been injured. Um, but to flip the whole thing, then yeah. uh, it, you're actually creating, you're almost creating the, yeah. the kind of injustice that you have, within theory, have a problem with. Yes. And so I'm, you know, and we know that there are reasons why there are some discrepancies in mm-hmm. in women in the job market. Uh, but yeah. there, but we also know that there is uh, a lot of unfair business practices that Absolutely. do happen. So there's not just one little thing that we can say ties up the issue. It's a little no. more complicated than that. And so when you're addressing this issue, your what is your fundamental takeaway for this book? So if you want, I want people to get this book and to read it. What is the fundamental takeaway of this book? If they read this book, what is it going to help them do? That's a good question. So I think the primary thing I want, so I wrote the book for Christians. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of opinions about feminism in the broader culture, but I did not write to them. I wrote to Christians. And so I wrote primarily to the believer who thinks feminism doesn't impact them. Mm -hmm. So the believer who says either I like, I don't, I'm not a feminist. I don't believe that. Or, or maybe even is a feminist and doesn't realize just what feminism is doing to them. Yeah. Doing undermining their understanding of God's word. So I, I wrote, to, to get at the heart behind the subtle impact that feminism has in our lives. So that's why it's called the accidental feminist. Mm-hmm. For the one who doesn't realize they're a feminist and for the one who, who even does and, and doesn't realize what it's doing to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to hopefully give a better answer. So I don't want to just give the answer that feminism is not is wrong. I want to say, but there's something better. I mean, that's what we should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Is not saying bad, bad, bad. We want to point people to something better that's, that's going to be more fulfilling. That's going to, which is ultimately God and His Word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Well, I appreciate it. I mean, the mm-hmm. any thoughtful analysis is um, it's lacking uh, today quite a bit, especially yeah. among Christians. Mm-hmm. And so, to have a book like this that engages the issue thoughtfully and biblically, um, I'm happy to recommend it. And now, the the next book came out what the last year, 2017. Yeah, in April. Um, mm-hmm. Oh goodness, I have not read this one. I've only read the other one, is "Glory that, in the yeah. Ordinary." Yeah, right. Yep. Why your work in the home matters to God. So yeah, I mean, if you can give us kind of a like, what's your your you know, what are you driving at here in mm-hmm. this book? Yeah. Um, for those that you know are looking to pick it up and and uh, read it themselves. Yeah. So this one is a um, so the faith and work conversation that's yeah. happening with um. The Gospel Coalition has some initiatives for that. So this is a faith and work book. So it's taking all of the really good stuff out there on faith and work. So how how our work matters to God, how the work that we're doing is valuable, and distilling it down and applying it to the work of the home. Yeah. So it's for women because women are the ones who are doing the bulk of it, but yeah. it's not just for women. A, a man, I mean... Men do the work of the home. Men are caring for their children. Mm-hmm. Men are cooking. Men are cleaning. All those things. And so I would hope that a man could read it. But it's primarily written to, my examples are women, because yeah. that's my context. Yeah, yeah. But my husband does the work of the home. And he's not just a babysitter, you know, like right. he's a contributor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, that's the point. So the point of the book is, it's not a parenting book. Um, I've not been a parent long enough to write a book on that. And it's a book to help people see how the ordinary daily work that they're doing is is of great value to the Lord because mm-hmm. it's caring for image bearers. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's helping to it's working in 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 redeeming creation mm-hmm. um, and caring for creation, the world that God has made, and how it's ultimately preparing them for glory because we're going to work in the new heavens and the new earth. That's awesome. And what I like about this is that it's. You know, these are theological issues. Mm-hmm. You know, these are theological books. Yeah. Um, you know, and the issue that you're talking about in Glory in the Ordinary, the way that my wife has said it, and she's probably not, maybe she's not the first person to say it, but she's the first person I've ever heard say mm-hmm. it, where she was saying that the, the tasks that you have to do at home, your chores, your lists, mm-hmm. your responsibilities, whether it's mowing the lawn that I have to do, uh, which I don't do, um, <laughs> but uh, whether it's taking out the garbage mm-hmm. or shoveling the drive or whatever, uh, or laundry, she she says, like, well, remember Ephesians 2.10? Those are the good works that God has prepared mm-hmm. beforehand yes. for you to walk in. And that flipped a switch for me. Like, yes. she just coached me right there and say, like, no, those, you think good works are praying, you're pray, praying and reading yeah, the Bible yeah, and yeah. preaching. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, it's, it's shoveling the drive. That's the good work. Yeah. That God, so, like, this, that's what you're driving at here. It's this, these theological issues, these theological truths yeah. are directly related mm-hmm. to everyday life. Could you talk a little bit about the place that theology is supposed to occupy yeah. in uh, in the heart and in the life of a believer? Um, well, well, I think I heard someone say this other day. I can't remember who, but the, we're all theologians. Mm-hmm. So everybody has a theology. Mm-hmm. So a theology is essentially just what informs your understanding of the world, informs your understanding of God, and then informs your practice. Yeah. So that primarily, if theology matters my children are theologians mm-hmm. they believe something about god and they believe something about themselves and then they believe something about how they're supposed to live in the world it the people are desperate for a good theology and and people are f- afraid of the word theology it's heavy they think it means a lot of books and maybe yeah. they don't like to read but it's simply an understanding of god and how he works in this world and right. everybody should want to know god and should want to know how he has worked 
in the world, how he's continuing to work in the world, how he's going to work in the new heavens and the new earth. And we, if we want to know God, then we should want to know theology. Now, everyone is different. They have different interests. They have different mm-hmm. capacities. They have different seasons of life. And so not everyone has to read systematic theology by Wayne Grudem to be a good well, Christian, no one, right? And people no, really no, shouldn't. No way, yeah. Wayne. No, no way, Wayne. Wayne. No. <laughs> well, Burkoff. Burkoff, yeah. That, sure. that's, the one yeah. that's the one you mean. Sure. Yes, yes. Oh, of course, that's what I mean. <laughs> Sorry, um, we just walked into an inside joke, so we yeah. apologize. I'll just laugh and play we, along. We, we, do, we do love Wayne. He's a, he's a great guy. From so, a distance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, not everyone has to read Burkoff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and to bet you... Theology has tremendous implications for how you live. So yeah. Theology has implications for how you're going to live every day, how right. you're going to treat people. If you don't believe that people are created in the image of God, which is a theological truth, yeah. Yeah. then you will treat people poorly. If you don't believe that in the depravity of humanity, then you will treat people differently. You won't you won't see an urgency for them to come to, to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe in the atonement, I mean, the atonement, I mean, all, all host of theological things. Yeah matter and then you think of in your parenting in my son he's not almost five asked me if god is everywhere why is god everywhere well you have to know your bible and Mm -hmm. know theology to Mm -hmm. understand that i can't be everywhere but god is always everywhere yeah yeah. so i think that theology is just a big word Mm -hmm. for something that's really really important for everyone when uh when when my kid was at that age, one of my kids was that age, they were talking about so God is everywhere. I'm like, God is everywhere. And they were like, We're in the car. And they're like, Is God even at Walmart? And I'm like, Surprisingly, yes. God is even at Walmart. Ever there is nowhere where God isn't. Mm-hmm. I love I just love that my one of my sons asked, um, in the catechism it talks about sin of omission or commission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said I was talking to them about a sin that they committed and he said is this a sin of omission or a sin of commission and i for a second was like which one is the sin of omission and which one is the sin of commission i couldn't remember and he so told great. me what it was awesome. and love so it. but i love it it's such mm-hmm. a great it's, it's a good reminder that theology matters yeah very good so so i mean uh when we're speaking about theology or doctrine i mean from what what we hear yeah. from some this mm-hmm. isn't our judgment yeah uh, but that there's there's kind of a lack of uh, theology mm-hmm. or doctrine at women's conferences mm-hmm. or in women's ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you kind of give your your thought on that? Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't you know don't call people out. No, call them out. It's oh, all yeah. right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, just blast I them. so I don't I don't have a bone to pick with mm-hmm. um, churches or conferences because in God's kindness, I've only benefited from rich theology mm-hmm. in okay. in churches and in. Um, in women's conferences, but I have met people who've come from other places mm-hmm. who have. So, so I, I can only speak to it as someone who is an outsider looking in and then has also, um, heard from people. So I grew up in a home where I have three younger brothers and my parents, my dad and my mom both equally loved theology. So it was never, never yeah. occurred to me mm-hmm. that I would not also love theology and loved God's word. And so and then I, I didn't become a believer till college. And so I went to a church and I went to Bethlehem Baptist Church as a new believer. Mm-hmm. So it did not occur to me that women would not love, right. you know, mm-hmm. theology. So I just kind of went from there. And I, I went to um, uh, I went to seminary and. Where'd you go? I went to Southern. Hey. Yeah. So. Stop. That's my alma mater, yo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When were you there? Uh, 97 to 2000. 
Okay, so I was there after you. Mm-hmm. I well, got there. Of course. In... You are much younger than I, I got there. Joe was the... Okay, when you say 97, 2000, 18, that was the third 18, time 18, he went. Okay. Oh, stop. You were there in the like the years when like Moeller had just gotten there. Yeah, he got there in 93. So uh, it was kind of a... third run, yeah. So he had gotten, he'd cleaned up. So the Bible theology department was strong, and it was great. Yeah. There were a couple of other schools. That yeah, yeah, not yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it was uh, Dr. Nettles was the main reason I went there oh, uh, for yeah. history. Um, yeah, Stein, Schreiner. Oh, that's good stuff. Mm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so Southern. I mean, there's not a lot of women at Southern, and there weren't. There are now, but when I got there in 2007, there weren't. And so, yeah. But the foundation that had been laid for me was that it's no, it's of it's of no consequence whether a man or woman it's men or women can study the Bible, and yeah. so yeah. that really has given me a lot of confidence in in what I do, and so I'm thankful for that. So. What I hope to do is instill that same confidence in other women. Mm. And so, um, and then the church we're in now, I, I don't in any way feel that our church, like the, our women are very committed to studying the Bible and very committed to women, our Bible study. We don't have any, no one ever says, let's do something fluffy. So mm-hmm. I, so my answer to that would be it, if the the thread that's running through that is that men in my life encouraged me mm-hmm. and and men in my life treated me as someone who could study the bible as right alongside men without saying go along and be a pastor it doesn't matter and so they they saw women women in the local church as as having value and having yeah. something to contribute and being absolutely necessary for a church to function yeah and so i would to speak to those things i would say unless pastors and leaders are, are seeing that as important, then there's not going to be a change from the top down because it's a trickle down effect. So my dad was the leader of our home and treated me equally and treated my mom equally. The pastors of the churches I've been at did the same. So I consider myself very privileged to not have had to wrestle with some of the things that I know a lot of women have had to wrestle through. And um, I hope to, to encourage when I meet girls who want to go to seminary and they have the resources to do it, I say go to seminary. Go, mm-hmm. go. Yeah, go. We tell everybody to go if you can. Go. Yeah, yeah. We have, there's a girl in our church who's about to go right now, and I'm bummed. I really like her. I don't want her to go, <laughs> right. but um, but I say go. I did not get to finish. We couldn't afford for my husband and me both to go. So right. my husband always says someday you'll finish, but um, I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. And when you think of the the pastoral issues that come up in a local church on a given on an everyday basis women are going to feel more comfortable sometimes going to a woman. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If you have no one in place to go to. Yeah. Um, and how are women going to know that they can teach the Bible if they don't see another woman doing it who looks yeah. like them? Yeah. Who they know struggles with the same issues. Like I have a, I, I, who I, my, when I teach the Bible at my church, I lead our women's ministry and lead our Bible study. And when my, it's a small church, they know me. So they know the struggles mm-hmm. I have. So, and then they see, I don't have to be someone famous to do that. Yeah. I think I understand the Bible okay. Like so So theology in in life is it, it is not just necessary, it is. Mm-hmm. Theology and life are intertwined. You're either yeah. gonna do it well or you're gonna do it poorly. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things that you're saying here that I think is really important is um not only is that it not only is it that women uh 
are theologians and can be theologians, Mm -hmm. but that women do need to be encouraged in the pursuit of theology Mm -hmm. by their male counterparts, their pastors, their fathers, their husbands. Husbands, Yeah. And if the church, if you're if you're at a church where there isn't a strong um, theology, robust theology, mm-hmm. and you're a woman, and you're you know four women uh, among the women, and if you're a woman, you you could simply go and talk to your pastor and say, yeah. hey, can I? What can I do? Can mm-hmm. I help? Yeah. Can we get yeah. something going? Yeah. Can we get a book, something. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. I think that so often what happens is that we we don't go because we're afraid. Or we don't go because we assume we we don't assume the best. Yeah, I yeah. do this. Oh my gosh, I do this. I assume that because no one asked me to do something that they they don't care. Well, maybe they just never thought about it. Yeah. Because men and women are different, and so maybe the the men the male leaders in your church might not even think about some that something is needed and necessary, mm-hmm, and God mm-hmm. is using you to He gave you a vision for it and gave you yep. a desire for it, and just. I'll tell ask. you right now we. We have had people approach us about issues related to men and women and yeah. complementarianism that we were blind to, and men and women have brought these things mm-hmm. up. And when we see them, we're like, "All right, let's deal with this. Yeah. Let's yeah. engage. Let's make this adjustment, yeah. this change." Because we're just we, you, not any one person can see everything. Yeah. Oh from no. Perspective. So go ahead. unless you have terrible leaders. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. going to hear you and they're going to respond. Yeah. And some people do have terrible leaders, unfortunately. We will yeah. pray for them. Courtney, yeah, I know you got to go. We, I just want to say thank you so thank much for thank making you. the time. Thank I know you, you. got to go and lecture now, or teach, or preach, or whatever. I don't know what you're doing. You're what, what? Where is it? Yeah, what do you call it when a woman does it? I call it preaching. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I say my wife goes and she preaches. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm teaching on glory in the ordinary, but I'm teaching through. Um, like big picture through Ecclesiastes and how Ecclesiastes kind of gives us an an understanding of why we feel this tension when work. It's ordinary and unfulfilling. Oh, that sounds awesome. And then how so Ecclesiastes isn't the final book in the Bible. Praise God. We have the yeah. answer. So <laughs> I love it. That's where I'm, I'm going. Really that's going to be recorded, right? I think so. All right. So hopefully we can have that linked in the show notes. Perfect. Because um, we're going to want to share that with people. How, Courtney, how can people connect with you online if uh, if they want to say what's up or see what you're doing? Yeah. So I have a website, just my name, CourtneyRysick.com. I blog there occasionally. And I tweet occasionally at Courtney Rysick. Mm-hmm. Hey, so you're the third so it's one. At, it's at Courtney Rysick. Oh, stop right? it. She's not yeah. getting it. She doesn't that, understand. No, this it. is awesome because Did I do I'm, it wrong. I'm at, no, no, you're, you're, you're fine. No, that's how you're supposed Don't. to do it. I'm no. at Joe Thorne. But Jimmy, what now? What's your? It's like at J Fowler sixty two underscore Fowler. There's what no underscore. No one's gonna find you if you do it that way. You can't do anything. There was some other Jim Fowler. Jimmy, how can people? Social media. I got to the social media game late. Oh my! You have you. No game. My you have my no wife. game. You have no game. And then Joe oh, made fun of me. Oh, do you have a joint Facebook I did, account? And then Joe made fun of me. Oh, yeah. Oh, my husband would make fun of you too. He's like, why do people do that? Oh, no, it's wrong. Because I didn't want to be and on by social the way, media. We're talking about doing things That's wrong. That's probably better for your soul. Christmas is over. Nobody wants to see your kids on Christmas cards, people. Next Christmas, oh, next Christmas, I want to see the husband and the wife. If the kids are in there, that's fine too. But don't just send a Christmas card with a picture of your kids because they're not my friends. You're my friends. I want to see the husband and wife. Oh, so you don't like the kids only? One. No, I no, hate. No. I hate those. No, Joe hates kids. I, no, I love kids. He I just hate kids. I don't hate them. I just don't care about them, and I don't want to see them on the car. I want to see the people that I'm. There's no with. joy in this. No, just Joe. Just, just Joe. Just, no joy. There's I take no the joy. E. He, he he takes I take the, the y, y off of Joy. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, how can people uh, get in contact with us? How can they participate yeah, in the conversation? You can uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us, sign up for the email blast, or hit up the store and register for the 2018 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Mm-hmm. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday, blog posts on Wednesdays, video content Fridays. Later. Later.